You're right, Connor. We've made it. It's been a long seven episodes in between all the other episodes we've been doing. Yes. To get to where we are now. You're right. The road is finally at the end. I could see the cul-de-sac. Yes. You know, we're about to turn around. Well, I don't know. I don't know if that's it. I'm thinking more of it as like an interchange. Oh. It's like we've been driving down that long and lonesome road of episodes (laughs) one through eight. (laughs) And now I see. And now, uh, now I see a ramp, and Ooh. it's pointing towards a place I've never been before. Sheesh. And that place is Star Wars Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. But before we get there, we got to talk about Episode Eight. You're right. Probably the most controversial episode in Star Wars. You're right about that, too. Yeah. So, we're going to get into it. We're going to get into it. Wait, what are we getting into? Oh, that's right. Utaputa, everybody. Hello and welcome to Greedo Shot First. My name's Connor. I'm Andrew. And we're here to talk Star Wars, all things Star Wars, and anything even friggin' related to Star Wars. But today, finally, gang, we are here with our eighth and final installment, until, you know, the next installment, I guess, <laughs> Yes. Uh, of The Road to the Rise of Skywalker for us with Episode 8. Uh, the Last Jedi. The Last Jedi. Oh, my God. Um, so, I'm just going to put it out there right now. It's This is going to be a hard one to talk about. Uh, basically because we have talked about it so much. Yes. Uh, and mainly, this, it's one of the things that we try to avoid is really kind of like knocking it down. For me especially, like I do like this film. Mm-hmm. But it, there are so many parts of it that I can also agree with everyone just being like, well, why didn't they do this? Why didn't they do that? You know, it's... It's controversial, in other words. Yeah, and I so. am of obviously, of course, as well documented over the last <laughs> many, many episodes. Oh. The uh, resident, well, it's true from a, a certain, certain point, point of, of view. view. Well, yeah, you know, we'll get there. But um, yeah, so tonight and today, whatever time you're listening to this, gang, we're going to be talking about episode eight, the Last Jedi, and we're going to try and do our damnedest to make it, you know, entertaining, uh, informal. Uh, as well as just, you know, wondering what the heck this movie's about. Uh, basically because it's, you know, a lot of people are still out there just wondering why, you know, why it is the way it is and why it didn't go this way and that. And it, it, there's just a lot of details that go into that in general. And it's a lot of fandom, a lot of toxic fandom to mind you. Uh, but I don't, I don't want to subscribe to that. I, you know, I try and hold up every single movie, mm-hmm. you know, from prequels to the new sequels, everything. Well, I think, I mean, without, you know, kind of losing the plot here, Mm -hmm. I think it's fascinating that, like, you're kind of like, yeah, this movie's fine. It's, like, kind of middle of the pack for you. Yeah. And, like, I just feel like that's in such short supply. I mean, I I view it as, you know, one of the quintessential Star Wars experiences. A lot of people view it the exact opposite. You know, burn (laughs) it, fire it into the sun, do something to... Just take it away. Yeah. My eyes. Yeah. No. Uh, but in all honesty, I do want to get into this, but we should do as we've been doing. Let's give it our due diligence. Let's start off with a little bit of synopsis and, uh, you know, directors and actors and whatnot. So I will go off with the synopsis real quick, and then we'll follow up with the cast list. We go cool with that? Or no, actually, yeah. Is that how we did it? I can't remember. That is how we did it. Okay. So synopsis, and this is from Wikipedia. The plot follows Rey as she receives Jedi training from Luke Skywalker in the hopes of turning the tide for the Resistance in the fight against Kylo Ren and the First Order. While General Leia Organa, Finn, and Poe Dameron attempt to escape the First Order attack on a dwindling Resistance fleet. That's pretty good synopsis. It is. It's it's pretty succinct. Like, and if you really think about it, like you know, everyone kind of gives it just you know, they give it crap, but like, that's the plot. More it or is. less. Yeah. Also, they go to uh, Canto Bite, but they just didn't provide that. <laughs> well, we'll talk about that for sure. <laughs> so who's in this sucker? So in terms of your starring actors, 
You've got Mark Hamill as Luke Skywalker and also as uh, Dabu Skay. Dabu Skay? Yes. The character that mistakes BB-8 for a slot machine. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, okay. You're going to have to remind me of him later. I'm going to bring him up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we have Carrie Fisher as General Leia Organa. Okay. We have Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, Daisy Ridley as Rey, John Boyega as Finn, Oscar Isaac as Poe Dameron, Andy Serkis as Supreme Leader Snoke, Lupita Nyong'o as Maz Kanata, nice. Dom Hall Gleason as General Hux, Anthony Daniels as C-3PO, Gwendolyn Christie as Captain Phasma, Kelly Marie Tran as Rose Tico, Laura Dern as Vice Admiral Amalyn Holdo, Frank Oz as Yoda, and Benicio Del Toro as DJ. Before Benicio Totoro, you should have put a little spoiler there. But still, <laughs> again, if no one's seen this, I mean, I, I guess I understand why. Well, I think people is. knew that he was going to be in it. All right, fair enough. But uh, all the same. Yes. And I guess just to mention a few more names, <coughs> you have Jonas Suotamu as Chewie. Yes. And this, is, and this is his first, like, full on, he played it from start to end. Mm-hmm. Uh, Peter Mayhew consulted with him on this one. He was an official Wookiee consultant. That's, that's his official title. That's a great title. Uh, the story was written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Nice. Uh, I mean, so, I mean, let's just start right there. Uh, Ryan Johnson was a big get for this, uh, you know, at, at the time. Um, I know that. Whenever they were looking for directors to actually take over, you know, the this movie, wasn't it? It wasn't it going to be Colin Trevorrow at first, or just J.J. Abrams again? Well, Colin Trevorrow was originally the director slated to do Number Nine. Oh, but and Johnson was pretty much always attached to Eight. Okay, um, but then obviously, you know, through through different reasons and. I mean, some some controversy surrounding Colin Trevorrow, as well as like Carrie Fisher's passing and yeah. and other things. Uh, he kind of decided, I'm not touching this. <laughs> so so that and you know, arguably decisions that he was faced to make based on what Ryan Johnson does with this film. Yeah, you know, I think that certainly plays a role. Well, that's just it, man. And like, I'll I'll put it out there right now. You know, like I said, it, this this is a very divisive movie. Uh, you know, it has a lot of people on one side and a lot of people on the other. But I I honestly think that works for the movie. And uh, and by that I mean, you know, when you see all these other you know movies in the series in the Skywalker saga, there is a sort of formula that they follow. Mm-hmm. But much like how Empire Strikes Back was just a straight you know, tightly knit, you know, just not a very broad story in general. It's all one place or another, Mm -hmm. you know, so The Last Jedi is. Yeah. And it does work for it. I agree. I mean, I think, I mean, there, you know, I'm not, I'm not saying this because I'm trying to draw that parallel directly, but there is a lot of overlapping elements between Last Jedi and uh, Empire. Of course. I mean, even... Like a big part of it kind of involves like a chase through space. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah. Point. You know. Point Where did we learn that before? Yeah. Or escaping from a rebel base in general? Yes. You know exactly, and I mean, yeah, it starts with an evacuation of, you know, a rebel or resistance base, which leads to a chase through space. Through space, uh, we see our hero and our antagonist like coming into direct contact kind of for the first time yeah i mean I, I know obviously it's not like they do battle in force awakens but yeah they it, but they're meeting on new ground true. anyway yeah and it it really does add a sense of despair and desperation yes. um when they show this whole chase scene happening mm-hmm. um but i know that like you know for the most part we've tried to do a lot of these uh, you know in sequence and just kind of go at you know scene by scene but i think the best way to do this since we've talked about this so much is just kind of big uh, bring up some big points and like you know a lot of points that for you know for all we know will make a big difference in episode nine for sure um but let's just kind of start with uh actually let's let's have some fun let's just get it out of the way let's start with canto bite it sucks <laughs> now so all right this is this is the best part about this is because you already said as much like you you love this movie you will hold it up there but you are openly admitting that you just don't like canto bite absolutely well so 
I kind of like Canto Bite. I, I'm not <laughs> even trying to say this in a bad way, but like I always said that I love the idea that there are these like luxury planets and these casino planets uh-huh. and stuff like that. Like I, uh, w- the one thing I love about seeing it's... these Star Wars movies mm-hmm. is just in general, like all the like all the different planets you go to and everything. Right, Callie? Yes. Oh, yeah, we are joined cool. here currently. No other special guests, but we do have Callie Roman in studio. She's always a special guest in my heart. I'm <laughs> huh, baby. Anyway. Well, she's just earned that like featuring or recurring role type of uh, credit. Yeah. And, and Callie Roman as herself. Yes. That's her. <laughs> um, but no, all I'm getting at with that is essentially like Canto Bite, yeah, it doesn't work and it's just out of nowhere and like, you know, it does. It, like you know the the big dog horse things that you know just no one the likes fathiers fathiers right no one really likes them no one gets them and like it just kind of it doesn't feed into it but here's the deal so I've talked before about like roaming shots like that one first opening shot when they're actually in the casino and everything and like you know it's it's straight out of some other movie and it's done really well and it shows Finn for just being the innocent little kid that he is because mm. like quite honestly His like ignorance of the world right like just days ago he was still a stormtrooper and like yeah. now he's actually getting to see what the galaxy has in store for you know other beings in the galaxy it's just it's amazing Right, and that's a fair point. I mean, I don't, I don't mean to say like I hate Canto Bite because like it, it breaks with this like used future kind of aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's really not that. It's mostly just that it's, you know, I've talked about this before, but it's like I just don't think Ryan Johnson had any use for Finn. Yeah, and so he just needed to give him a big distraction. Well, yeah, you know, like give him his own side story with yeah. Rose and everything. And it's, I mean, it is. It is the sequel trilogy equivalent of pod racing. <laughs> it yeah, it's it's interesting and it's cool in its own way, but yeah. it didn't need to be there. Yeah, and it literally does not affect the plot. No, it really doesn't. Save for the fact that like we find DJ, right? Probably yeah. one of the most compelling characters in this story. Like he's he's probably my favorite character, mm-hmm. um, based on the fact that like I always said as much like when we first saw it like. It's the first time you get to see a slicer in action, right? You know, like, and if you if you read any of the books or the comics and stuff like that, like, slicers are a big deal. Yes, but this guy, like, he actually comes through and he has like a little tool pouch on his sleeve and everything like that. Like, mm-hmm. he's able to just make anything work for him. Like, it's really interesting. They don't need an astromech to make things work. Right. It's just him being him. Yes. So. I appreciate yeah. that. And, the, and like, there's that. I mean, there's obviously, like, the character development between Finn and Rose. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, even if... So, I mean, I know at the time that we're recording this, you haven't gotten to do Resistance Reborn yet. No, and I'm, I know. It's... Ugh. And, like, I, I don't want... I mean, this could be considered a spoiler. If you don't want me to tell you, I won't bring it up. No, don't bring it up, because... For all okay. we know, we'll bring it up the week before this actually comes out. That's very true. So but, I'll, I'll, I'll geek out about it then. Okay. So but Yeah, but it basically just, like, there is a poignant moment where, like, Finn is kind of assessing his, like, relationships with people in the Resistance. Ooh, okay. And, um, you know, and it, like, so it's not so much that the Finn and Rose dynamic is going towards this, you know, massive, uh, you know, great love story for our time <laughs> or anything like that. Right. Um, but... It, you know, it's it's just about like Finn learning to have a new perspective on what the resistance is about and how you defeat the first order, and that's something that he learns from Rose, especially while on Canto Bite. All right, so now I really liked Finn in Force Awakens. Yes, and in this, like, I want to like him even more, and he does have good moments. He does, but like, it's just it's like I always say, like, the fact of the matter is that when it comes to how the story is set up, like. For all we know, this is less than a week from the end of The Force Awakens. Something no other Star Wars movie's ever done before. Correct. And like, we don't normally get that actual sense of you know, time and place. It, I mean, in fact, it's like the sense of time and place in every other Star Wars film is horrible. Oh no! Like it you is. have no idea like how long Luke is actually training on Dagobah, how long it takes the Falcon to get from Tatooine to Alderaan. Right. Uh, you know how, how does Padme go from not being pregnant at all at the start of Revenge of the Sith to, to nine months? Yeah. What the hell? <laughs> when it feels like that movie takes place over about two days. <laughs> Space man. <laughs> <It's> no. 
<laughs> no, all right, yeah. So, I mean, and you're talking about timelines in between movies, right? So, yeah. from episodes one to two, that's 10 years. It's two to three years. is it's three years. Three. And then from three to four, that's about 20, 20. plus years. Yeah. Four to five, that's another three years. Mm-hmm. Uh, five to six, that's about a year, mm-hmm. I think. Cause yeah, they're, it they're is. It's on about the, a year. They're yeah. on the search for Han the whole time. Yeah. And, and then six to seven is the most, it's probably the biggest one. Yeah, I think it's 30 about years. 30 years. Mm-hmm. So, and then all of a sudden it's like two days. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah. You know? it, so it doesn't, it doesn't leave a lot for character development, which I, I'm, I'm upset about. Mm-hmm. And to that matter, like I said, like Finn, like he didn't have enough time to grow. And so that's what, one thing that no one really gets to you know appreciate about his character is like, he's still driven to just run mm-hmm. because all he's trying to do the entire time is fine Ray. Yes. And I'm going to get into the novel a little bit too, like the novelization of the last Jedi. Absolutely. And that's exactly what it is. Like Rose in the novel is like, why is he so obsessed with this Ray person? Mm-hmm. Like, who is this Ray? Like yeah. it just, he's like, all he'll talk about is yeah. her. And, and like even referencing resistance reborn, like there's like, there's just this like almost, you know, bizarre like i mean so this chapter is actually kind of or at least this scene is actually kind of like from poe's perspective yeah and like he's just like i don't like i don't get this <laughs> especially because like they don't seem to be like romantically involved or no. whatever it's just a weird and pose like hey ray Oh well, <laughs> well. Oh no! I mean, I'm not saying this happens in the book. No, I'm no, no, saying no, no, no. This happens in the Last Jedi. It does. <laughs> well, so here's the other deal. Like for what? For whatever reason, like at the end of Force Awakens, right? And they're all gathered around the hollow map, and like you know, they get the pieces together. Yeah, Ray is like right next is to Poe. Like, yeah, it's not like you've never seen it before. And for that matter, novelization-wise, for the Force Awakens, when that part ends up, they have that same, the exact same interaction mm. from the end of the Last Jedi, where it's like, oh, hey, I'm, uh, I'm, 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 I'm Poe, and he's kind of like awkward about it, and she's like, I, I, I'm Ray, like you know, it's like okay, you know, yes, but it's like it's just a weird like little, cootie feeling. It's cootie feeling, thing. yeah. So and it's just like, and then they add it on there, and all of a sudden it's like at the end of the Last Jedi, it's like, so you're this Ray I've been hearing so much about. It's like, dude. She brought the map back. Like, yeah. don't give me that. Yeah, she rescued your beloved BB-8. Yeah, Finn would have told you if he wasn't in a coma. Yeah, or whatever. But yeah, so it just it it's hard to believe how it goes down and everything. It's just like you know, it is it is a little weird. But you have to just, just like you know separate disbelief a little bit. This is a movie set in space, man, with it spaceships is. and all this kind of yes. stuff. Like you, ha- the one thing you have to give it is the benefit of the doubt, and that's exactly how I go into it. And like everyone's everyone's true about you know why they're they have a problem with this or that and all this kind of stuff, but it's like it's just a movie, man. Well, it is, and and like the rules of Star Wars have always been super fast and loose. Super fast and loose. So you want to talk um, like special force powers, special fuel powers, yeah. special everything powers. Yes. All right. So let's start off with that. So everyone's big gripe, I feel like, uh, with Leia and her role in this. Now, first of all, as you said already, like. A lot of like problems that came out of this movie, I think, was the lack of what they had already filmed with Leia and like what they could do with Yeah, them. no doubt. And I, I honestly feel like the her big scene whenever the bridge, you know, is hit and she's just out in space and everything like that, I personally believe like that is her last redemption shot. Like it they did it for her to be like, you know what, Carrie, like you'll always be the princess in our hearts, but we're gonna give you this big moment where you are doing this, you know, this part and like yeah. bringing you out. And, well, and I would even almost read it the opposite way. Like, I think it was one of those things where they were going to do it. Like, mm-hmm. it was part of the film, but it just plays so differently, you know, from the time that they dreamt this up. Yeah. And it would be really cool and neat to when it happens. And it's like, why are you doing this with a person who's actually dead? Yeah. You know? Well, that's just it. Like, I think I remember when we saw this in theaters, like Eva and I saw this in theaters, um, there was a point where like, it was just like that happened and you're like, what? Like, that's it. Right. Like that, that's how they're going to kill off her character. Well, exactly. And that, because like the way that it plays is just like, oh wow, this is like way too crude of a way to like kill a, you know, a person who can't appear further because they're actually 
dead. Yeah, I mean, and, it's 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 almost worse than an off-screen kill. Right. You know. And then all of a sudden, like, she comes back and it's like, oh, that's still like, it's just not right. It it, doesn't it's work. insensitive because she's. <laughs> this doesn't happen in real life. Yeah. And you it's know? just yeah. I mean, it, it's a weird play on it, and like, I don't know. It, it is that kind of up and up thing. You have to really dance around this right. this big controversy around her death and everything. Yeah. So, but underlying all of that, <laughs> there is like it's not like a made up force power that we see for the first time. No, dude. Oh my god. So you want to talk about legends and stuff like that? Yeah. I think I've brought this up before, but Knights of the Old Republic in specific, uh, there is a character like that. Their ship gets uh, you know demolished, exploded, whatever you want to call it, and they're a Jedi. Like they're mm. they're they're a full fledged Jedi. It's not like they're hiding their powers or anything, but like. They're able to survive the vacuum of space because they're able to pre- project a force bubble around themselves. Uh-huh. But there's only a limited amount of air in there, so that's part of the plot, too. Yeah. But regardless, like, that is the point, and they're able to pull themselves into where they need to go and get into the airlock and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, and that's actually something that we see as well in the uh, New Jedi Order mm. series of books. Oh, uh, The Jedi actually like use these... like force bubble like torpedoes basically and like they enclose themselves in them yeah and they like launch themselves at like one of the Yuuzhan Vong flagships in order to uh like you know sneak aboard because otherwise the sensors would catch them would catch them and like their weapons have been otherwise ineffective and they're like well we have to get in there I mean Yuuzhan Vong in general that's that's a whole other story to get into yeah we will get into that one day, I'm sure. Someday, yes. Yeah. I have to finish the series. That's yeah. my problem. Um, but, so, I mean, all that aside, I, there was something that Eva had sent me a while back that I've been meaning to bring up. Uh-huh. And this is a perfect time to bring it up. Um, the So, it, it came out um, that, like, the original idea for The Last Jedi was that Leia herself... Was going become to be the, the last, last Jedi. Jedi. So you've yes. heard this before. Yeah. Well, it's her brother just. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, like did like an interview, kind of you know, starting to get that build up going for, for the new movie for Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. And like that makes a lot of sense because there is, I mean, there's this massive theme, like the actual notion of like Luke Skywalker being the last Jedi. Yeah. Is literally all over the entire saga. <laughs> like I'm not yeah. even kidding. No, that's like, right. I'm pretty sure starting with Empire, he is referenced as he is seeking out the last of the Jedi. Yes, to get the training because yes. he is the last of the Jedi yeah. and he has to fulfill their destiny and his destiny and all the destinies. Yeah, and I know for a fact that like in the uh, Return of the Jedi crawl, it says that Luke Skywalker, the last Jedi... He's yeah. referenced as such in that film. Yeah, I think so. He like a new Jedi Knight, the last of the Jedi, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but like that would be a wonderful that would be a wonderful spin on things. Of course, that, if things had worked out. Yeah, that like you know, and I, I've said it before. Like I'm not that keen on like the Skywalker, you know, that the Skywalkers are above all else. Right. Um, you know, and I can, that's why I'm kind of excited to see what happens. Oh, I know. Um, but at the same time, it is just like, that would be a really cool way to kind of spin that, to just be like, okay, we're not without Jedi. Basically. You know, there is, you know, there is another, as, <laughs> as Yoda says. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I mean, we can talk all day about that, but we kind of get the point about it, you know. Yes. It is, I, I love that sequence. Like, again, with the music and everything, the music was perfect choice. Mm-hmm. It is Leia's theme. Yes. And it's just, it it has that same feel, in my yeah. opinion. It's the same feel as Yoda pulling the X-Wing out of the swamp. It's just Absolutely. that. It's that underlying amount of power. And again, getting back to, like, how you can hear the Force sometimes, mm-hmm. you actually kind of get to see it. Mm-hmm. Like, whenever she twitches her fingers, yeah. and, like, you could see the motion. Like the, yeah, and, like, the molecules are, like, starting to move. Yes. The metachlorians, if you will. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No. Not the, not the metachlorians. <laughs> well, I tried. I'm sorry. All right, so let's double back a little bit to the beginning. Um, obviously, they're escaping um, Dakar. Yes. And uh, the the fight... Well, first of all, before the fight, uh, the exchange between... Poe mm-hmm. and Hux. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on that? Love it. Love it. Just hilarious. It's it is so funny to me, and every time I watch it, I still laugh because it's just like 
Well, Hux is so proud of himself because he still has that grandeur behind uh-huh. him. Yeah, he's and, like, I just you know blew up the New Republic, and yeah. it's like, oh, now we're get, now we're here to re- you know route the resistance. And, and then Poe's over here, just like still waiting on General Hugs. Hugs, Hugs, yeah, like with an H again. Well, not an H, with a G. Sorry, gang. But, point. but he also refer- <laughs> like he says, uh, you know, with an H. He does <laughs> yeah. say that in the film. That's true. Yeah, uh, but I mean the whole sequence there now. Granted, I know I think between the two of us, we're not really big fans of the bombers. Right. Or for that matter, how the bombers even work, because again, gravity. Yeah. You know? <laughs> but all the same, it's like they could have done so much more, they could have loaded up uh, you know, X wings or even A wings at this point uh-huh. with some kind of if it's if it, all it is is just dropping a bomb into this cyclotron or whatever of the dreadnought. Yeah. They did not need all these freaking bombs. No, I mean they literally could have had, you know, one X wing with like one proton proton torpedo or magna bomb or some uh, some other spacey yeah. sounding thing. And it or seems freaking, like that's probably enough. Where are the seismic charges? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you want to talk about devastation, that thing takes out minefields. Yeah. I mean, not minefields, but like right. asteroid, asteroid fields. fields. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like, <laughs> all you need is that. Like, where's the slave one? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and like, yeah, well, I agree with that. And like, one thing I, I just don't understand, you know, so, so like Tally Lintra. Yes. The uh, unsung hero. I, it pains me that she was like cut short. Yes. But like it's just like what is she doing in her like she's like the only A wing pilot out there yeah like it's just Poe in his X wing and it's just Tally in her uh, A wing yes her sweet A wing with the blue colors it is pretty sweet I love that A wing I mean you know I love the A wing oh I know but I mean I've <laughs> I've brought this up before but when we're talking Battlefront and all that kind of stuff like I love playing as a as the hero class yeah. exactly yeah like I always go to the A wing myself and I like Poe's X wing yeah. Because he has he has four different abilities yeah, rather than three. The, yeah, he's the only one with four. He's super OP at that point. Yeah. But regardless, anyway, <laughs> Tally is yeah, she's great. Yeah, and but, I, but it, and it's just like I just don't understand like why is she there? Why like if if you're going to like <laughs> escort these bombers, how about you actually go escort them? escort them? All you're doing is just like, like she's like barking orders at barking them. orders and putting out exposition. You know, yeah. it's like good God, woman. Yeah, she's being the Rickle of. Uh, <laughs> Of the sequel trilogy. Bombs away! She's <laughs> all excited about it. The bombs have been launched. Oh my god. So yeah. <laughs> Again, that and that's just it. Like That's pretty much... And I know the whole sequence of the entire movie is a space battle, quote unquote. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But this is the only real space battle, like the only real dogfight we get. Right, exactly. So, uh, and, and like, it's it kind of works, but in it just doesn't. And like, maybe it harkens back to... You know well, Lucas's love of World War Two films. As yeah, well. I mean, well, that's for sure. I mean, if you look at like the styling of these bombers, yeah. like they're clearly like meant to evoke like a you know a B fifty two or a B seventeen, you know, like yeah. a flying fortress, exactly. Feel. And then obviously the X wings and the A wings are all like the the Mustangs flying through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and, and not to correct you too much, but Ooh. I do think we get a pretty good dogfight in this film. Oh, at the end. Yeah. Well, we'll get there. No, I. All oh, right. Look, I'm not. I'm not denying that. But I'm but just it's saying. But not in outright. space. Like it doesn't. It doesn't have the same vibe. I agree. Okay. Like it's basically like a chase sequence. Yes. More than a fight itself. Yeah. But I. I agree with you. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not. I'm not trying to demean that part yeah. anyways. Because that's. I know. Because I know you like it as well. Exactly. So. Yeah. It hits you just the same way. Yeah. Uh, all right. So fast forward a little bit now. Before we actually go any further, though, I want to say something. Fuck. Uh, uh, <laughs> sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't say it out loud. No. Yes, you did. Falcon. Uh, Falcon Hux. Um, God dang it. Like, I. He, so in The Force Awakens, Hux was intimidating. Yes. He was scary. Yeah. Like, he was authoritarian. Mm-hmm. He's slapstick in this one. Yeah. I agree that they might have pushed it a little too far. Well, I mean, there are some moments where he gets, like, his comeuppance in the force awakens right where you can kind of see some cracks under that veneer of like i am strong powerful general man yeah um (laughs) you know it's a compensation exactly but i do think it goes like almost too far that he just becomes like the The punching he becomes the punching bag in this film well so yeah i always defend the punching bags at this point yeah but like i like i remember the first point when he actually sees the supreme leader and everything and he's like so, you know, Supreme Leader, and he's all nervous and everything. He's like, I was just about to, oh, and then all of a sudden, crack. Like, yeah. 
That sound of him just smacking his face, yeah, like it—it it sounds like he's cracking his skull in half. Like it—it it hurts me to hear that sound every time. Yeah, and not to mention that, like he's just doing this to demean him in front of all of the officers too. Right. Like if you want to try and project respect and all this kind of stuff, like no one's gonna look at you the same way whenever the actual supreme leader is just throwing you around like a rag doll. Yeah, for sure. I so. mean, it's. Uh, you know, like, and I feel like otherwise his strategy is not unsound. No, like, but the, you know, but like they just get away because Poe did something that they didn't expect. But what Poe did was probably a hundred times worse. Oh, oh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, that and that turns into a big plot point through the whole movie. Yeah. So I mean, then this also leans into Poe growing as a character himself. Uh, Throughout the movie, because at the beginning he's still that cocksure, like he's he's fresh off of destroying Starkiller Base. Exactly, that's something not to forget. Yeah, and I think like he, I mean, even if I mean, not just like insofar as he is a lead character in the series, but like if even if he feels somewhat invincible, Mm -hmm. like I feel like that gets in the way of his decision making when it comes to the lives of others. Oh no, totally. I mean, like it, it almost seems like he just doesn't care as long as the job just gets done mm-hmm. and i mean that's like i said that's just the big point between him and leia like leia's trying to tell him like you have to know when to run right you know? and that's just him he's like this is a this is a fleet killer we could take it out you know and all this kind of stuff which i guess i agree with but at the same time you know you know it's, but at what cost but at what cost yeah and yeah and it's you know it's <laughs> it's one of those things where Clearly, I mean, already, you know, the resistance is fairly meager and, you know, and they need leaders to come forward and like they're trying to groom him into this kind of, you know, like, I mean, again, the the ranks all get kind of confused, but like, is he going to be, you know, General Dameron or Captain, Commander, all this kind of stuff, whatever you want to call me. Exactly. As he says. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And all of a sudden it's like, well, you just... You know, you just learned an extremely costly lesson. Yeah. And it's not the only one, you know, that he gets to learn in this well, yeah, film. I, I mean, and, and like him and Leia, have, they had the best exchange where he's like, there were heroes on that mission. Dead heroes. Like, that's yeah, what Leia comes back at. Exactly. It's like, it's a gut punch right there. Yeah. It's like, good God. Yeah. Uh, all right. So between all that and everything else, um, let's talk a little bit about Octo and, uh, you know, Luke and Ray and their, the whole training of everything. Mm -hmm. So when you actually see Luke and he's, you know, he's given the lightsaber and Ray steps back and everything, whenever he just chucks it over his shoulder, what's the first thing that goes through your head? Well, I mean, I think my first thought, which actually, you know, comes to be is that he doesn't want this like Obviously. he doesn't want to be a jedi anymore right but i mean i hate the fact that they had to kind of make it a joke yeah like, it was funny like the it first time funny. i saw yeah. it it's more shocking than anything else uh-huh. because like there's so much history behind this weapon itself right and i mean part of me feels like if he was just to hold on to it and not so much fling it with like a disdainful look on his face but just kind of drop it mm-hmm. you know or hand it back to ray at that point and just walk away and say nothing or even just say like this I don't want this or something like Yeah. It could have been so much more. And that's fair. I I mean I can accept that, I suppose. You know, I think but I think people like look at it as though he like threw it off the cliff or something. Yeah. Like, I mean which he kinda did. I mean like <laughs> he I mean, for all you know, it's just a straight drop into the ocean there. Right. You know. But it is still just like it's a bit it's a bit jarring. Yeah. That's also how we get introduced to the porg, so he got that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but I guess the contrast that I would say with that, and like with Luke's whole shtick, at least at the f- start of, you know, his, like his just refusal to train her, etc. Like it's just one hundred percent he's playing Yoda, basically. Oh, well, in a way, yeah, it's more <laughs> the same of a, way that Yoda just was, you know, stringing him along for so long on on Dagobah, yeah, until he, you know, until he learned a lesson from that. Which is kind of what Ray has to do as well. She has to learn to persevere to just push through and still want to achieve. Yes. Well, so are you familiar with like the Kill Bill series, part one and two? Sure. Do you remember like the training from part two, whenever she like the bride goes off to meet uh, you know whatever the guy is or whatever? It's it's 
in the vein of that, and I'm probably sure a lot of like a lot of like martial arts movies and kung fu movies and everything like that. There's that mm-hmm. point where you go and meet the master, right? But you have to earn it, right? I and mean, Doctor just, Strange does the same thing, right? Yeah, it's just kind of it's it not so much slapstick, but like you kind of have to do the trials and mm-hmm. tribulations to get the master's respect yes. and everything. So to get the Wi-Fi password, get the Wi-Fi password exactly. So, uh, but yeah, and then I mean, his whole scenario where he's like, you know, getting his fish, getting his milk, and everything, and like introducing the caretakers and all this kind of stuff like you know it, you, you see how he's been living his life and he's just been hiding but i don't know i um i kind of feel bad for chewy for most of the movie mm-hmm. because he just like it doesn't seem like there's a lot for him to do yeah like all he does is he knocks down the door uh-huh. yells at luke uh-huh. and then he just retreats yeah and like and then you don't see him basically till the end of the movie yeah Exactly. And that's that's fair, but like I don't I don't know what else he could be doing. It's like I talked about this in our uh Force Awakens review where it's like if this were the expanded universe, like Han Solo and the Millennium Falcon are one you know, one, one character. character. Right. And I feel like the way that they're treating that in this film is that Chewie, Chewie and the Falcon are one character. That's true. And now Porgs and Chewie <laughs> yes. and the Falcon are one character. <laughs> All one big happy family. I kind of, I mean, I kind of felt bad for like the Porgs a little bit because, like, I mean, everyone was just kind of like basing them as like discount Ewoks. Yeah, you know. But they're, I like them. They they're adorable. You know? Honestly, I like them more than the Ewoks because, well, like, they're, they're just not, an animal. Yeah, they're just know? an animal that happens to be cute. It's like yeah. you can make that a thing. Yeah. But then don't like act like they're also capable of defeating the best that the Imperial uh, Star, or, uh, you know, Stormtrooper Academy has to offer. Ooh. Vader's finest soldiers. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So real quick on you. This is just kind of a random question because it was going through my head. If you had to pick one or the other, if you were a Star Wars character, uh-huh. and I mean, base it off of like no allergies or whatsoever, but like a Porg or a Loath cat, or is that what they're called? Like the Lothal cats? They're the cats, uh, yeah. Ah, oh, god dang it, I can't remember what the hell they're called. Um, but they're like the little cats that were on Lothal and Rebels, mm-hmm. I can't remember what they're called. Well, I'm just not a cat person. I know you're not a cat person. So my right. answer is Porg. Fair enough. And they're both <laughs> How about adorable. You? I would I would probably go for the loath cat. There you That's go. That's just me. <laughs> uh all right, anyways. Uh so yeah, and then Chewie, you know, he, he comes out to shine later on in the movie and everything like that. But yes. he gets he gets his moment <laughs> in the sun. So how did you feel in theaters whenever Ray finally makes it down like the, the dark side hole or whatever it is, that swampy hole? And there's that whole sequence whenever it's just, you know, a bunch of copies of Ray basically standing in, like, the Hall of Mirrors. Mm-hmm. And, like, they just didn't reveal anything. Yeah. Like, I actually saw somebody do that, like, just with, like, a one-second delay, like, on their camera. But then it was, like, they had, like, a display of what the camera was showing mm. and, like, the delay. And it just, like, worked out perfectly. Like, I just saw it, like, on Reddit. It was that's, very that's it was cool. very pleasing. Oh, for sure. Um, oddly satisfying. Yes. Of course. Um, but... I mean, I don't know. Obviously, you know, it is part of the Jedi story that every Jedi must be tempted and tested and they have to kind of learn to shut out the dark side, at least somewhat. So in that case, I mean, when when it comes to fandom and theories and like, you know, conclusions and everything like that, like, what was your feeling whenever they just revealed nothing? Well, I think the whole thing is that that's, it's not about, you know, the dark side's not going to give her the answer that she wants. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. <laughs> I mean, I think what it is is that it's showing her her deepest fear in the exact same way that when Luke confronts Vader in the cave, he see what he sees, he himself. sees is himself, which is Ooh, his greatest fear. That's actually really freaking like, profound. You know, like, Ray's whole thing is that sense of longing. She wants to find her parents. Mm-hmm. I, and like, I mean, she's... I don't want to say she's like a one note character, but like that is like her driving incentive. Well, again, like I said, this takes place days after the first movie. Exactly. You know? So and she hasn't really, you know, grown she, she much. hasn't grown much. Yeah, because it's she still the same thing. Hasn't. Yeah. She's still. How bad would you feel if her parents finally showed up? Like, <laughs> the after day she after, leaves, yeah. it's like Ray, we're home. Yeah. Where's she? Is where'd she go? Yeah. You know. I mean, yeah. I've I've certainly talked about this before, but like I'm kind of on team. I hope her parents are nobody just because I like that for setting up the larger star Wars universe that we're going to get to Mm -hmm. after 
you know, Rise of Skywalker concludes. Well, that's just it. And I think a lot of people give gripe to the broom kid yeah. towards the end of the movie. Uh, it's just like everyone can be like, it doesn't matter who you are or whatever. Like if you have this power, like you can be a nobody, mm-hmm. but still have something, you know, exceptional about you. You know, mm-hmm. there's something exceptional about everyone. And like, that should be the honest to God, like story behind Star Wars is the fact that like, no matter how small you may think you are or insignificant, you might think your lineage is or anything like that. You know, like it doesn't matter because there's, there's something to be held and something to be said about stuff like that. Right. I mean, that's, you know, I, I think I've certainly talked about this before, but that's like arguably the thing that I dislike the most about like the prequels as a construct is that, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> Luke and Leia are born of, you know, royalty and Jesus. <laughs> I guess. That's and like, true. you know, they are the divine chosen ones in a sense. Um, you know, where, whereas like when you just watch the original trilogy and Luke is just, you know, a, a poor farmer, <laughs> a desert planet. Yeah. With an aunt and uncle. Yeah. So he had some, somebody, he didn't yeah. have like a forearm junk dealer. And, and, but you know, but he goes on this hero's journey and becomes, yeah. you know, this, this great hero. Like that's better than, you know, it's from some divine power Yeah, that they gain their strength. Well, yeah. again... You know, with everyone just predicting and wanting this and wanting that. And, like, again, when this movie finally came out and, like, the questions that everyone had in their minds were not answered. Like, mm. I think that's where a lot of the outrage and everything started. Because it's the same thing that happens with any other fandom. We've said this before about Game of Thrones with, like, Walking Dead stuff like that. Like, you start guessing so much of what you want to happen that when something completely different happens... Mm. It's you're, not satisfying it's not to satisfying you because to, it doesn't fit your headcanon. Your nan- yeah, your narrative, and you just can't accept it. But I mean, mm-hmm. that's also just why some of these shows are so successful and some of these movies are so successful at the same time. It's like, mm-hmm. it's not what you expect. And that's kind of what I took away from The Last Jedi. It's like, yeah, like, you know, I, I was upset that I didn't get any answers to, you know, Snoke. I was upset that I didn't get any answers to Ray's lineage, mm-hmm. except from what Kylo said. But again, that's always up in the air of, he could have been lying. He could have been trying to manipulate her. Exactly. But and like I think, and you know, part of what makes Kylo such a good character, I would argue, is that, you know, what, like, I feel like he is a real, you know, subversion. I I kind of hate using that word mm. when talking about the Last Jedi because it's like, I don't know, like a trigger word for, <laughs> uh, like, the fandom menace Listen to like here. come out and yeah, be like, well, yeah, you're right. He just subverted it all the way into the ground, man. <laughs> yeah, um, basically. You know, but I do believe, like, even going back to, you know, Force Awakens, that Kylo is intended to be this very subversive villain. Yes. You know, he, again, like, as we talked about in our fan Force Awakens review, like, he's, you know, he's handsome and kind of somewhat charismatic and, um, you know, but he has, like, these, ang- like, these mood swings that make him, like, you know, just like a toxic male teenage boy basically yeah. although he is you know certainly supposed to be a little older than ray yeah, is close to his 30s yeah um but yeah i know i was gonna say um him in this movie he's probably the best part of the last jedi yes i say that with all sincerity like the one thing that i love watching between this is the exchanges between him and ray and yeah. him and snoke and him and anybody really yeah. because well, like this is his growing. Like, yeah. This is him. He's still coming to terms with what he did on Starkiller Base. Again, everybody, all this crap just happened days ago. Right. Like, everyone's still coming to terms with it yeah, just this, as much as we are. Yeah. Unlike, as we've talked about already, it's like, unlike these other movies where there is, you know, a big passage of time between each one, mm-hmm. this is literally picking up in the immediate aftermath of the previous film yeah and on top of that like snoke is i mean he basically just tells him to quit with the fandom and take take that ridiculous thing off take his helmet off and yeah. all that stuff and he smashes the helmet and thus he's like okay well now i'm a new man like i'm i'm out for myself like i need to figure out a way to get out from underneath snoke's thumb and go and do my own thing mm-hmm. and so leading into all that and it's super exciting um we've talked about this with duncan before um, back at our cinematography episode, the Praetorian Guard fight. The best lightsaber battle. The best lightsaber battle. Now, again, we, we've talked about this in The Force Awakens. That fight between Rey and Kylo and Finn and Kylo, mm-hmm. 
it's brutal. Yes. And it's very like kind of uncoordinated, but it's just it's just that it has that more visceral yeah, feel to it's it. It's manic. It's you know it's actual. You know you feel all these emotions coursing through. Ray the, and Finn yeah, and all everybody. The, all the people involved. Whereas in this one, it is a life or death situation. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, we're we're made to believe that these Praetorian guards in general are just badasses. Like, mm-hmm. they just want to go out and just do their job. And on top of that, they fail to do their job. Yeah. Snoke's taken down. Yes. And so now they're just like, well, you know, I guess the only thing left to do is just throw ourselves yeah, we, at you and yeah, hope Yeah, we have best. to, yeah. We will avenge him. Oh, or whatever, and it the, the choreography and everything in the and like just the way it's shot, it's you know we've talked about it. It's perfect. I, I believe, like to me, it is. Oh, you're just yawning. I no, thought you were, sorry. I thought you were about to sneeze. No, and I was no. Like, well, I would have gave you. A I don't warning. want this to get bl- you know blown, <laughs> uh, blurred doing, out or whatever. We're doing this kind of late. At this night, is so late at night. Yeah. I feel like we say this all the time, but this is actually late at night. It's pretty late. It's like uh, uh, seven twenty-two right now. <laughs> yeah, you're right. That's right. Um, but. To me, this like the Praetorian, like the throne room scene in the Last Jedi, is my favorite scene. Yeah, like it just is. Like the as you were saying, like the fighting choreography is so great. All of the interaction between Ray and Ren and uh, Snoke, yeah, is just like that. Is the like the best scene. It's so well acted. It's so well orchestrated. Let's just say this: Andy Serkis can do no wrong. Yeah, like I. L- I honestly, all right, everyone loves him as Gollum, right? Mm -hmm. Everyone uh, knows him from, you know, he was in Black Panther, he was in Age of Ultron, all that kind of stuff in the MCU. But my personal favorite uh, character that he does is Caesar Mm -hmm. from the Planet of the Apes. Sure, yeah. And it's it's just amazing the way he's able to do it and, like, actually project himself. And he's able to do it again in this movie and, like, really pump it up. And the fact of the matter is, like, when you actually see what he looks like in person, he's not the giant projection that we saw in The Force yeah. Awakens. Like, it is intimidating still. He may be in his gold bathrobe, but, like, all the same, it's like, you know, it's it's scary. Like, mm-hmm. look at the disfigured face that he has. It's, like, it's really terrifying. Yeah, he like, he's not, like, I mean, there's something about, you know, I mean, certainly, like, just, like, Palpatine's appearance and... Yeah. Um, you know, once, especially once he is disfigured or at least his true face is revealed, um, you know, it's, that's just horrifying and, you know, and it's like, okay, what did you do wrong in your life to look like that? <laughs> like, you know, who did you harm to, you know, cause like you wear those scars, if you will, um, you know, and that's just the way that I look at both him and, and Palpatine. That, that's fair. You know, that the scars are caused by the hurt that they've caused to people. That's fair. Uh, all right, so how how would you feel? Let's kind of backtrack a little bit. How do you feel about um, the plot point of, like, this is the very first time in any Star Wars movie where fuel is a problem? Mm-hmm. Actually, no, I don't know. Now that I think about it, and I'm not even including Solo because this was after the fact, but right. the Phantom Menace. Yeah. Uh, they don't say it's it's... The hyperdrive. They don't say it's leaky fuel. They just say that the hyperdrive is leaking. Yes, and thus they cannot jump off and do their thing. Right. So. Yeah. So I mean, I mean this is. Yeah. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say. I mean, obviously, it, that is a bit of a contentious plot point, and it's, it's one that I feel like Disney is trying to fix it by just like tripling down on it <laughs> so hard. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. Like everything had. Like I mean, even in like the final season of rebels there's like fuel concerns yeah uh, oh no 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 yeah that's some of the best episodes when yeah. they have to find fuel exactly and then uh it's actually something that's happening in the second season of resistance right now oh no fuel yeah, yeah the f- fuel for the colossus <laughs> is is at a premium there's even reference to it in uh resistance reborn god dang it i gotta get this freaking book all right so they're just like Fuel is a problem. Yeah. Like, we don't see it in any of the other films because, like, I mean, you could argue that, like, the galaxy in all of the other films, except for, you know, maybe, like, Revenge of the Sith, like, the galaxy has actually been at a more stable place. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I mean, certainly in the prequel trilogy, it's, like, it's just the Republic and, yeah, like, things are as, as settled as they've ever been. Right. And, you know, and certainly we don't like what the Empire is doing to the galaxy, but it's... There's fuel. Yeah, but it's a time of peace. Like it's not. <laughs> yeah, that's fair. Now I was gonna say, um, 
you can't forget uh, the Mandalorian, like the the leaked footage that we did see before the, you know the show was actually premiered. Mm-hmm. Um, like one of the things that we saw was in one of the one of the first lines you hear him say, it's like that barely pay for fuel these days. Yeah, it's like yeah, so exactly. Fuel so, is at a premium. So we are, yeah, so we already have. Yeah, well, because exactly because it's a tumultuous <laughs> trans- transition between governments. <laughs> And yeah. I mean, and obviously, I haven't even mentioned Solo, which is literally all about fuel. Exactly. Yeah, they have <laughs> to make it there in less than twenty parsecs or whatever. So, <laughs> oh man. Okay. Um, so, I feel like we covered a lot of good beats mm-hmm. um, here and there. Let's just kind of finish out with the final battle. Yes. Everything about the final battle. Let's just start with the fact that they're able to sneak away. Like again, we've talked about the fact that like why don't they don't see the ships? They're not sensing them and all this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Once they're there and they're able to find their way and like and then, they use all the old equipment and everything. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah, I mean that's like a great visual aesthetic. I mean, I They're going back to the old ways. Exactly. I, I love that. Um you know, and and just as a final point with that, you know, it's like the whole thing is that they are tracking the radis. Yeah. They are not tracking anything else. Yes. And they are supposedly far enough away that they can't see these tiny little transport ships. As they go. Yeah. I mean, we talked extensively about, you know, the use of light, essentially. Or, <laughs> or just even, like, the matter, like, a force perspective. Yeah. And it's like, I would think that you would not be able to see those tiny little transports departing from the Radis. <sighs> Probably not. But I, mean, I mean, now, if there's something else, like, you know, there would be some sort of, like you know, takeoff signature, you know, fuel emission when they first leave that maybe you could sense, I don't know, maybe, but, you know, but overall you're not going to like, you wouldn't be able to do that because the whole thing is that they're just following one ship. Like they're locked onto it. Yeah. And then they, they're not even bothering to sense for other ones. They're mm-hmm. not scan for other ones yeah. or anything like that. So. Like they don't even react when the other ships in the, you know, in the fleet, just fall off yeah they just blow them up yeah <laughs> yeah so all of that uh going back to i'm trying to think about this dj yes uh, i love dj dj's my favorite character through the whole thing i've said this before uh he um he's the one who essentially rats them out because he's just he doesn't pick sides dj literally stands for don't join mm-hmm. you know live free don't join and that's dj <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate uh, your uh, Benicio my, del Toro. Uh, don't join. Yeah. Yes, I, I can do it. Uh, but anyways, and so there's all that, and then the big battle and all this kind of stuff. So, I guess even before we get to uh, crate, and we've talked about this too. The the Haldo sacrifice, mm-hmm. amazing. It's so cool. It's so cool. And if you're gonna like, if you really want to pick a fight on that scene, like. Get at us. Just Greedo Chef first. Yeah. Don't listen. Yeah. Do me a favor. Don't listen to this show anymore. <laughs> because it's just stellar. It's awesome. And it's just, it, it is that moment where, I mean, we said this before in our Force Awakens one, when I, with the Han and Ben scene happens, right? Mm-hmm. Pin, drop. Yes. You can hear it. Absolutely. It's the exact same thing. Yeah. It's not even so much that you're just in shock, but it literally just goes quiet. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what? And all of a sudden, boom! Like it just bounces out of nowhere and it gets yes. your attention man yeah so i don't know um and then finally yes we're on crate uh they get all the old equipment out and all they have are these you know the the ski skiffs or whatever they call them i forget yeah. exactly what they yeah, are ski speeders I ski think. speeders and i mean they are cool they're not my favorite right but i mean you know for what it's like for what they're going for in yeah, the scenery the, and like yeah that. i mean what they're trying to establish as like this is you know the desperation last ditch like this is all we got. Yeah, and um, like to that end, like I think the way that they describe them is they're actually like luxury vehicles. Mm-hmm. Like they just use them for reconnaissance and stuff like that. Yeah. It was never meant to be like dog fighting or yeah. fighting the big ATATs or whatever and yeah. all this kind of I stuff. I think I've talked about this, but they actually they did do like a one shot called like Star Wars: The Battle of Crate or something like that. Mm. Um, and it's actually about like the first time they go to Crate. Like, oh. with the rebels. Oh. And, like, it was just this, like, basically all of this apparatus is actually, like, mining stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which would make sense, because it's a it's a salt mine. Yeah. You know, everything tastes like salt. Salt. <laughs> uh, and then, um, you know, they're able to escape because Luke comes back. You want to talk about emotion. The final scene between Luke and Leia and, like, to even see, like, the behind-the-scenes of this 
everyone there and behind the scenes, like the Ryan Johnson and like the you know the cinematographer, everybody tears yeah like they're trying not to ruin the audio because it's just so emotional and everything mm-hmm. and it's just having them back and doing their thing right and just having them just like you know it's like you know i gotta go out there i gotta face them you know i'll do what i can mm-hmm. you guys get free yeah and leia's like i you know i know you there's no bringing them back and so it's just oh i <laughs> it, it's just emotionally draining just to think about it but like once he actually steps out i remember being in the theater the first time and heart racing mm-hmm. what are they going to do to him like why is luke like why is he going to do this you know and all of a sudden it's just that huge barrage fire everything <laughs> it just get it's like i want every single gun we have on that man and just they yeah. won't stop and everything that's enough he starts screaming it um and then that smirk from hux do you think you got him and then the dust clears and he does the little <laughs> just swoops it off oh it's perfect um and then kylo himself comes down and again i know we were talking about praetorian guards but this not even so much of a duel Mm. but it's still freaking beautiful yes and i just remember seeing like luke do the the matrix dive and everything and coming up on the one knee Mm -hmm. yeah oh my god and i was so and that is the like you know, the vision of Luke that I think so many people honestly wanted. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, I think they're just mad. Like, I don't understand why you would be mad about that. Because, no. like, the, you know, the, realistically, you can't, like, Luke can't, you know, just be the magic MacGuffin that saves <laughs> the whole resistance. Yeah. Like, there has to be consequence for it. And, yeah. I mean, then, like, I, there was a comment about this in that Honest Trailers uh trailer of the last jedi that we watched uh just before doing this one and I, don't, I don't remember exactly what he says but it's basically like it's the first star wars movie since the original that actually like looks at the premise of the original and like the you know the consequence of action etc yes and actually does its due diligence to like you know replicate that and they're still just mad about it or whatever yeah, yeah. no i i i agree and then just to have um just having kylo run at luke and i mean how did you feel seeing that in theaters like the, the it was like the 10 or 10 or so steps that he took running at him like you i mean were you white knuckled like were you just like super like i don't even know what i mean and especially because you saw it in imax too yes yeah so the very first time i saw it like i don't you know like I get that there's supposed like the cues are supposed to be intentional, obviously that yeah like that clearly this is not Luke physically there, okay, um, you know and I, I I understand all of that certainly now, but like at the time like I was just so engrossed in this and like I you know I was a little confused that, like was, how did he get there what yeah. happened to his hair yeah all that stuff <laughs> yeah did he shave board the Falcon or yeah. something why or? does he have the blue lightsaber yeah yeah oh um, yeah. But, they have hair dye on Octo. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I figure like some, I mean, my hair goes more gray as it goes grows longer. But as soon as I cut it, it looks very dark again. That's fair. Um, so it's like, well, maybe that's what he's got going on, uh, you know. And and like, but I was just so completely encaptured in the moment that I was like, I don't know what's going to happen. Yes, and it's terrifying. Yeah. And then once the reveal comes, and like you know, you see what happens. We've said this before. This is a real, well, not a real thing, but it's it's a real thing that happened in Legends. Yes. We've talked about the New Jedi Order. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. that's exactly what happens. Or was it the New Jedi Order? The With Jason and uh, Jenna? Like, when. I know it was the New Jedi Order. No, Legacy of the Force. Yes. Okay, sorry. Because there is a point between him and Jason uh, that, like, this happens. It's a projection mm-hmm. and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. So. And we see it in other examples as well. I mean, Rebels actually does this. Oh, wait. They do? Well, it's not a Jedi that does it. Oh, right, 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 right. Okay, never mind. <laughs> I remember that now. Okay. So, yeah. All right. So, it's 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 exciting. And then seeing him float and, like, being connected to the Force again and all this kind of stuff. And, like, again, that's probably one of the most emotional The twin scenes. sons. Oh, my God. It's just... And the music. Again, music in this movie could not be any better i agree it's just oh it's it kills you so all right we covered all that we covered everything else 
Let's just finish off with Chewie finally gets a chance to show off. Yes. And he, he, you want to talk about magical MacGuffins. Yeah. He comes in and saves the day and everything. <laughs> that, like I said, I think you and I both agree. And again, the musical cue right there. It's the TIE fighter chase scene. Ah, mm-hmm. yep. it's so beautiful. And I, I was with Eva when we saw this movie and I had her hand and her hand turned into a rag doll because I'm going, <laughs> ah, yes, yeah. it's the song I like. Yeah. Yes. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so pumped. Which I did use uh, earlier this season. You did. I liked that. I was all about it. Um, okay. But to finish out, like, how did you feel about the actual end? Like whenever like there, everyone's back on the Millennium Falcon, everyone being like, the last 15 members of the resistance. Right. You know, and like, there's about like, like there's that reveal where there's a book that all the books are saved, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then Han or not Han, Chewie and Leia, they don't have a moment, but like they're together again. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion on it? Like, it's just, did you, did you get a kind of sense of hope or anything like that? Well, that's, I mean, I'm honestly not sure if we're even supposed to feel that hopeful you know, I think I think we're supposed to almost feel relieved mm. as much as anything that they were able to make it out. Yeah, at least somebody. <laughs> that, yes, that that the resistance is not dead. Yeah, you know, as long as you have Leia, as long as you have Ray and and Poe and etc., like you have a resistance. As long as there is somebody willing to resist, <laughs> you have the resistance. Oh, and then I guess I should mention the fact that like we, I mean, I brought him up already, but like the final shot. Yes. Is of Broom Kid. Yes. Um, and so even before that, it's the one kid talking to the other two kids. He's performing, and he's talking about Luke Skywalker defending the Resistance. And mm-hmm. that's the first point you realize that the story is spreading. Right. And I'm sure that's going to play into the rise of Skywalker and everything. It's going to be epic. It's going to be great. Mm-hmm. But I, I, I honestly, the first time I saw it in theaters, I never noticed the fact that he's able to force call it to his hand, uh-huh. which is like, it's a, it's a blink and you miss a detail. Mm-hmm. And then everyone was talking about it. And it's like, what are you talking about? Yeah. You know? But I think it's adorable. I agree. And not to mention that like this kid, it's just... It's just you see the hope on his face. He looks down at the ring that Rose gave him, mm-hmm. and then he slowly raises it to an on guard position. Then it's like, oh, okay, there's not more. But it was yeah. a long movie. Well, it is a long movie. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, I agree. It's just you know, I, I think that is supposed to be our hope moment. Yeah. You know, where it's I, like I there's think, more out there. Right. And it, you know, and I think we certainly are. It's, I mean, it is meant to kind of push you in a bunch of different directions. I mean, you go from, you know, sad to relief to, okay, now let's build, <laughs> you know, and, and I think that's where we're going to pick up with The Rise of Skywalker. Yeah. Which, if you're listening to this, you might have already seen The Rise of Skywalker Maybe. by the time you're hearing this. So, yeah, I was going to say, I think the plan is. Uh, yeah, if you, if you've already seen it, good job on you. We've already seen it too, and we're most likely going to be re- like releasing our review of it the next day. With any luck, with any luck, with any luck, uh, Sully's able to hold off for a few more days. So yeah, hopefully <laughs> Emily will literally strangle me if that's the case. I know, I know. I'm sorry, <laughs> but anyways, um, I think that's pretty succinct. I think we covered a lot of stuff that we wanted to. Like I said, we've talked about this movie a number of times, so let's just kind of finish it out here. Um, rapid fire questions like always this will be the last time I do it favorite sound effect <laughs> I think it's like the tingly sound of the salt foxes yeah on crate kind of like wind chimes a yes, little bit yeah, yes. I could dig that uh, mine would be the um, it would be BB-8 turning into the disc gun yes. once he has all the coins in him. There you go. You oh. brought it full circle. I actually wanted to. T- yeah, I, I I like that little that little like goblin guy putting the yeah. coins in him. It's Which hilarious. Mark Hamill who like does the the sounds that That's he makes. That's funny. Anyway. Yeah. That's funny. I love it. Um, okay. Um, favorite. What is the next question? <laughs> it's been a while since I did this. Uh, favorite um, favorite moment. No, no. Was that what it was? I can't remember. So his favorite well, sound I've effect. Literally already answered that. Okay. <laughs> favorite moment. Your favorite moment was Victorian uh, guard. Victorian guards. Battle. My favorite. Well, just the whole throne scene. The whole throne scene. scene. My favorite moment would be the Tie Fighter scene at the end mm-hmm. uh, with the Millennium Falcon. Favorite. Oh no. Favorite new character. That's my other one. I'm right. sorry. <clears throat> um. Can I pass? 
Oh, <laughs> you don't have a new character? Uh, Tally Lintra. That's my answer. All right, I'll give you Tally. Uh, mine is DJ. I've already said as much why. Yeah. Because it's Benicio Del Toro, gang. Yeah. So. I just didn't want to pick him. Like, I genuinely, you know, he's kind of the only one that I really like as well. Yeah, it's like the only more unique one, more or yeah. less. I mean, I know. It's like, but so I guess I want to just kind of say, like, like, look, I get it. There are parts of The Last Jedi that aren't super great. Yeah. I mean, I th- you know, I, if Ryan Johnson could make this movie without, like, Finn and Poe, like, even having to be involved. Like, it was just Ray and Luke and then Kylo Ren. Yeah. It would, like, he would be happier. The movie would only be about two hours. <laughs> and it would be the best movie in, in the, the Star series. Wars saga. Yeah. I believe it. It would have that much more emotional drive and everything. Yeah. <sighs> we did it. We did it. We did it. We're here, finally. All right, man. I um, I just got to say, this has been a hell of a journey. And uh, I know that, like I said, we're probably going to have at least one more after this being the Return of the... Or the Rise of Skywalker <laughs> review. Yes. Sorry, it's again. Kinda, it's it's yeah. really late. We'll just call that one like a... You know initial reaction type the, of thing the way i see it i think that we should do because we we are planning on taking a break mm-hmm. we should do a review of the rise of skywalker and like our initial thoughts and feelings mm-hmm. and then when we come back for our first episode for the second season we have to review our thoughts and feelings and see if they still hold yeah. up yeah i i agree with that you and like i think that? it would be wonderful to kind of you know Gonna have to shuffle some stuff around, presumably. Like uh, Sully's diapers, I'm sure. Well, that, that might be the case. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but we'll but, make it work. Yeah, but mostly I'm even just saying, like, within our kind of overall rankings and, you know, and kind of look at, like, okay, what is the parallel to this? What is the comparable? And, uh, yeah, we'll go from there. Yeah. But like always, I had a great time doing this, and I just want to thank everyone for sticking out with us. Uh, we've had a hell of a time doing this. I enjoyed the hell out of it. Yes. I love talking about these movies, yeah. and it's fun to just kind of take them one at a time, mm-hmm. even though we talked about all, all of them every time. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but we're but, at least somewhat more focused. Exactly. <laughs> but again, thank you guys. Uh, please check us out on our Facebook page. Uh, you know, leave a like and uh, subscribe, and let friends and family know. Um, as well as check us out on Apple iTunes, Apple Podcast. Dang it, I'm still doing this. It's all right. We're almost done. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, and then don't forget to check us out if you can't if you can't find us on Apple Podcast. Check us out on their website at reggie'shousepodcast.com. That's it. Uh, while you're there, please don't hesitate to check out games in that podcast. Absolutely, they've been doing a hell of a time, and they always put out great content. Check them out on their Twitch page as well. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, we should actually like bump that for them more. I know. I'm sorry, like, gang. I know. <laughs> I mean, it, well, it's like the connection is like on the audio side, but yeah. But like, you know, I feel like they're they're made re- for the Twitch. They're yeah. made, yeah. They're made for the Twitch and everything. They're more yeah. of a live, you yes. know, thing. But something to be experienced. The, I mean, the the audio is not it's bad for what something it's worth. to see. Yeah, and it's something to see for sure because they always have like you know gameplay and footage and whatnot. <laughs> yes. Um, but for all that, and from Andrew and I here, I mean, I don't know about Andrew, but I know I had a great time. Did you have a good time? It was a boring conversation anyway. Ah, I bet it was. Ugh.